Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. There's something special about this album, but we'll get to that in a minute because I am really excited about our new segment, Matt. Why don't you tell the listeners what that is? We're excited to once again bring you a new version of Kenny Gmail. Kenny Gmail is our opportunity to read real, completely legit fan mail that has come in through our, our email. So if you've got you know a question you want to ask or you've got just something on your mind, shoot it this way at uh, finestworksongs at gmail.com. First one today is in response to our Feist, the reminder. Wow, episode. season one. The question here is, we're a little late getting to this one, unfortunately. This holiday has passed, but mm. I think we can still help. Is anyone here in a position to recommend Valentine's Day camisoles? Thanks, XXX. <laughs> a camisole. Yeah. I, I, that's not like the little umbrella that you hold. That's a parasol. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Is that is it a camouflage version of a parasol? Is it the thing with the animals go round and round? That's a carousel. Got it. Yeah. Shoot. What is um, a camisole? Camisole. It's got to be something appropriate. It sounds like a cleaning agent. Man, we can't get this stain out. Let's throw a little camisole. Try camisole. <laughs> so this person is seriously asking for lingerie recommendations. From us. Well, sure. after they listen to the Feist episode, they're like, Feist is sensitive. Yeah, she's These sensitive. These guys are sensitive. They're yeah. tied into the, the female totally. psyche. If anyone would know the best place to shop camisoles. <laughs> these us. two guys we're here to help um, yeah. Matt, do they have a website or anything um yeah they do it's um peaches and creams <laughs> dot co dot uk slash products slash black dash g slash dash string dash thong dash with dash elephant dash animal dash pouch dash four dash men <laughs> wait what <laughs> wow dot co. So mm-hmm. it's a company mm-hmm. called Peaches and Creams. You know, I feel like we should be going to peachesandcreams.co.uk <laughs> for camisole <laughs> we recommendations. We should. Try maybe next Valentine's Day, Peaches and Creams. And then we got one more in relation to the Feist Epipod. Oh, wow. Kind of a different... This comes from mattkovic21812 at gmail.com, uh, who says, Great written down, but probably doomed to fail in reality. Never mind, eh? Hmm. Is that some kind of passive-aggressive criticism of our podcast? I think it is. I think it is. Hey, listen, Machiavellian212863, <laughs> we can take it. We got thick skin. Yeah. If you got something to say, Let's A, bring it. Bring it. We're here for the highs and the lows. That just goes to show, you know, people have mixed feelings about finest work songs, mm-hmm. and that's okay. That's what we're here to do. Yep. We're here to stir up your innards. Yeah, we, 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 we want to get you worked up. Yeah. Either whether it's Valentine's Day oriented uh-huh. or you disagree with something that's been said or yep. these guys don't know what they're talking about. That's right. All right. So we have a special album today, Matt. Why is this particular album special? This one is special today because this is legitimately the first album that we've reviewed that neither one of us knew intimately. I've never heard it. Have you ever heard the whole album front to back? Not until this week. Yeah. So Give the people the down and dirty. We'd never heard this album before a week I, ago. I've never even heard of this person. <laughs> We've heard songs. Yep. I probably had heard one song. I would say the same. Yeah. I've I, probably just heard one song, the, mm-hmm. the Rehab Song. Mm-hmm. That's the name of it, right? The Rehab the Song. The Rehab Song. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, the coconut song. Um, <laughs> I remember this being a big thing, but for whatever reason, which we'll talk about, was not something on my radar and just never listened to it. Is that your memory then? I mean... 
do you have any memory? We don't really have memories. We don't really have memories of it. I mean, I mean, it was probably about the time when I was, you know, just not as attuned to what was you know, popular on the radio, yeah. even new music coming out so much. Yeah, both of us were having our first daughters in yeah. 2007. Yep. And that's kind of when the album broke here. Mm-hmm. We're in the midst of trying to figure that whole thing yeah, out. like not sleeping. And- There's a black hole of things mm-hmm. like movies at that time. Mm-hmm. I remember some friends telling me about that movie. What's it called? The Prestige. Oh, yeah. They were like, you've never seen it. And, and when I found out when it had come out, oh, yeah. that's why. I haven't yeah. even heard of it. I had not even heard mm-hmm. of it. There is a black hole for parents, mm-hmm. first-time parents, of probably the pregnancy year into the first year. Yep. And from thenceforth. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to now. Yeah. That's kind of why we hadn't heard right. this album. So are you sure you don't have a memory of, of this album? Now that you mentioned it, I do have a memory. Oh, cool. It's related to uh, an old profession that I had. I the, was, the oldest profession? <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, I was a baseball coach. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I didn't coach men's teams. I coached <laughs> I coached an all-women's team. <laughs> it was actually one of the first all-women's teams. What year was this? Uh, I'm not sure. There was a war going on. (laughs) Because of the war, Major Mm -hmm. League Baseball was going to be shut down. And, of course, the corporate powers that be got to get their money. Mm -hmm. They got to get that (laughs) cash. They said, let's roll the ladies out. Well, maybe they didn't say that. But I don't know, man. These guys are pigs. They did say that. I didn't say that. I'm just quoting them. They gathered all the best baseball players from across the country. Players like Spaghetti, Betty Spaghetti, all the way May. She would hit home runs. Oh, yeah, sure. And Skeeter. We worked real hard together. They were selling out crowds, and we even made it to the World Series. Wow. Yeah. I'm a World Series coach, man. I don't remember who won, but at the end of it, they were like, well, that was fun. We're all, we all have to go back to our, you know, our lives and mm-hmm. our jobs and, and everything. And I was like, no, you got to stay. We are sticking around for back-to-back championships. And Spaghetti was like, did you say back-to-black? <laughs> and one of the other ladies said, that Amy Winehouse album? Oh. And they were like, yeah. And then they just didn't listen to me. They walked off the field singing amy winehouse and i was like who's amy winehouse they're like look it up coach and so i did and that's how i first heard of this album but then apparently i didn't ever listen to it yeah i mean (laughs) that's right because i've already said that (laughs) so i owned it yeah yeah yeah, you did own it gosh i mean i'm really glad that even despite war and all that that you know the powers that be in the end decided to just not cast away baseball all right so we clearly don't have a lot to share so we should probably just jump into the music yeah let's do it album kicks off with the one song we've heard oh yeah rehab
Every time we do one of these epipods where it's an album I'm not familiar with, whether it's Elbow or even Willie Nelson's mm-hmm. Redheaded Stranger, I always come out of it going, why didn't I listen to that? Yeah. And that's definitely the case. As I've listened to this album, I'm like, how did I miss out on this? There's so many elements, and you hear them in that song, of music that I grew up listening to. Like, you know, you're, my parents listened to, like, Motown. Or mm-hmm. or even, like, at a, a more local level. I mean, you haven't grown up listening to some, like, beach music and things like that. I mean, you, you hear the horns and the, the R&B and the soul, and it's it's just such a upbeat song mm-hmm. even though the much of this album the the lyrical content is dark and takes to a really like introspective place for the listener no doubt for amy winehouse this is a huge song three grammys record of the year song of the year and we had never heard this album. <laughs> <laughs> that that's on you amy winehouse <laughs> okay so if this song they say is her signature song mm-hmm. it has the elements of old soul and r&b they got the dap kings Mm -hmm. to record and they were of that style so it's not like they pulled out old musicians they just pulled out new musicians who played old Mm -hmm. but they've even got that wurlitzer Mm -hmm. that ray charles sound Mm -hmm. it goes into the church bells yep you know that you Mm -hmm. hear this is a great headphones album Mm -hmm. because the way they've recorded it and panned it is you've got bells going across panning left to right you've got you know one keyboard in one ear and I love that. I think that that's, that's fun. She even references Ray Charles yeah. in the song. And it's such a cool throwback song without being like a corny throwback song. Yeah. You're paying respect to that time and that style. So a big part of this album is also Mark Ronson, one of the producers. And he produced this song. He became famous because he went on to produce uh, Uptown Funk, yep. which is a Bruno Mars song, right? Wrong. It's a Mark Ronson song yep. featuring, featuring Bruno Mars, you know, yep. and no one will ever remember that. Yep. But Mark Ronson does not care because it's one of the best selling singles of all time. Mm-hmm. So he is rolling in it. Yep. And by that, I don't mean credit. <laughs> I mean money. <laughs> that is kind of funny that Bruno Mars won't get paid songwriter credit for his most famous song. That is interesting. I'm sure he's not troubled by that. Not at all. Here's the story by Mark about how this song came to be. Mm-hmm. There's a certain word that he likes to say. Okay. He says, I feel bad like talking about a friend like this, but I think I've told this story enough times. But she hit like a certain low and her dad came over to try and talk some sense to her. And she was like, he tried to make me go to rehab. And I was like, no, no, no. And the first thing I was like, ding, 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 ding. Like, I mean, I'm supposed to be like, how is that for you? And all I'm like is we've got to go back to the studio. Do you think it really happened like that? I don't think any of these stories ever happened <laughs> like they say. But It makes for a good story to, to be like, oh, God, I'm even doing it now. Yeah, now we're going to notice every time we say it. <laughs> but to just say, oh, my gosh, that's perfect. Like That was we, a phrase you said. Yes. It's not a line that you came up with. It was an actual thing you said. Yeah, we've got to get into the studio right yeah. now. Even if that was the case, it is a clever song, mm-hmm. but also tragically so because mm-hmm. as – most of you listeners probably know Amy Winehouse had a long history of substance abuse mm-hmm. and ended up dying of alcohol overdose, which is awful. At 27. Yes. Are we going to talk about that? You kind of have to, right? Why is 27 significant? I mean, 27 is the age where so many rock and roll music greats died. Jim Morrison, Jimi Hendrix, 
Janis Joplin, Brian Jones, Brian Jones, Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, it's that I hate to use the term magic age, but it, it's, it seems to be the age. A lot of times, artists on the precipice of even more greatness, yeah, find their their demise. Whether 27. it's twenty seven or not, there seems to be a you have risen fast, mm-hmm. and there's a pain that you cannot cope with, mm-hmm. or a fame that you cannot cope with, and and you end up overdosing. If you look up the twenty seven club, some people have really taken this. Um, um, I have no seriously, doubt. the first person identified as a member is Alexander Levy, November 10th, 1864, oh. was a composer, pianist, and conductor, and died in 1892. Did yeah. he like OD on, what did they do back then? Snuff? <laughs> but yeah, composer, conductor. Yeah. I don't imagine people were like oh, going and sitting by his grave like Jimi Hendrix. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a whole list of people throughout the 1800s oh, my gosh. and 1900s. Is there anyone recent? Um, let's see. Oh, Pigpen. Mm. Ron Pigpen McKernan, founding member and keyboardist. Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead. How'd you know that? Bruh. Are you a deadhead? No, but everyone I knew in high school was. Really? Or a parrot head. Did One you? of the two. Oh, gosh. Some kind of head. Did you ever go see Grateful Dead? Never saw him. I kind of wish I had. You know, it would have been interesting. Doug and I went. There were these girls we knew. Of course. And they had extra tickets that we were like, yeah, we'll go, you know. Yeah. Preppy Doug and I in high school. Mm -hmm. Jerry Garcia was, it was the full band. Yeah. I just remember being shocked. This is at Hampton Coliseum. Okay. Coliseum, you know. Mm -hmm. We just walked all the way up to the very front of the stage. Oh, wow. It was really weird. It was like nobody cared. And then I just remember watching when the band left the stage, but the drummer stayed on thinking, this isn't a good sign. (laughs) And it wasn't. (laughs) You know, and I left there, and um, I had no more respect for the Grateful Dead than I did before. Oh, so, there yep, you go. not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll keep going. Next song on the album is You Know I'm No Good. Roger Moore is probably the most famous person I've ever met. What? You met I rode James an elevator Bond? with James Bond. Where were you? I think I'd referenced before going to Las Vegas with my parents for yes. a, <laughs> a uh, Kiwanis convention. This was another one in uh, New Orleans. And Roger Moore was a keynote speaker at this conference. So my dad's off during the day doing like a tour of the city with Kiwanis. And my mom and I are off kind of seeing the city on our own. Okay. We get to the hotel and you know, we're just going back before dinner. We hop 
hop on the, ele- the elevator and Roger Moore gets on by himself. Oh. We're just both like starstruck. Yeah. So starstruck, we forget to press the floor we're on. Of course, he's on the top floor. So <laughs> so we ride all the way up to the top. And he, he could not have been any more like James Bond in real life. We get to the, the top floor. He invites you in. We had, you know, had a couple drinks. drinks. Yeah. And, yep. He showed us some like pens that kill people. Uh-huh. You know, all, all sorts of cool things. Elevator doors open. He thanks us for a nice conversation. You know, what y'all talk about? Nice well, he, conversation. He had given the keynote speech the night before. Who uh, initiated the conversation? Did he turn to y'all and was like, hey, did you hear my speech? <laughs> hey, which one of my movies do you like the best? <laughs> I think we just were like, hey, it's so nice to meet you. You know, you did such a good job last night. And, and he was just very genuine and generous. Mm-hmm. The best part of the story is like, you know, we're all like on cloud nine yeah. we met james bond because that that's the james bond i remember that was when i started watching that's right and then my dad comes in from his day and he's so excited he's like you won't believe who i met we're like you won't believe who we met and then he's like all right you go first we're like we rode the elevator with james bond he's like oh yeah that's better than mine we're like what who'd you mean he's like well on this tour we did i sat next to orville redenbacher <laughs> So Orville Redenbacher <laughs> was, was on the tour. I think he was a, like in Kiwanis too. So he was there for the convention and my dad ended up sitting next to Orville Redenbacher while he oh did like a gosh. bus tour of New Orleans. Those are like the two <laughs> opposite ends of the spectrum. I mean, of Orville Redenbacher is the James Bond of popcorn. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so Amy says you tear me down like Roger Moore. Yeah. Which I guess is a James Bond reference. I mean, I wonder if that's also like uh, sort of along the same lines of when your boy is in Elbow. Talk about New York treating Yoko well. I wonder if it's like Roger mm. Moore was never going to be Sean Connery. So maybe he got torn down in the oh, press interesting. or something. That's kind of what I took it as. Okay. So this song, she is going to see this dude okay. who she had been in a relationship with. And then he immediately says, what did you do with him today? <gasps> so he knew. Oh. By the time she's out the door, he's just tearing her down, talking smack about her Mm -hmm. it sounds like regret i cheated myself like i knew i would Mm -hmm. you know that i'm no good but it sounds like even when they get together that she can't she can't stop cheating yeah did you know there's a version of this with ghostface killer oh there is from Like you more trouble than Tony Starks and you need to just walk away like Kelly Clarkson. I know we was free to sleep around town, but I figured you said that. Cause how I get down now, of course, you was out there messing around. I would have told you once you go ghost, you never go back. Try GME like I don't know how to Mac. I'm a darning top of the line. I stay flying. Stop trying to keep covering the lies and using my credit cards to buy diamonds. We need to straighten this out. Get to the bottom of it all. Let's go before we start the war. Begin with two reasons why we need to talk and stop. I love it. He's the dude. He's answering back. Mm-hmm. Why are you acting like you more trouble than Tony Stark? <laughs> and you need to just quote walk away like Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> I, I love these like snapshot in time yeah. pop culture references that pop up from time to time. They're staying current, but now it's not. I love the <laughs> angle though because you know often in hip hop or even in soul rock mm-hmm. music it's always the male someone cheating yeah but here it's like he says i know we was free to sleep around town but i figured you said that because how i get down almost like he's gonna cheat so i'm just gonna go ahead and make me feel better about this yeah. and he turns around and and she is <laughs> popping up in his cribs all over new york <laughs> yeah so i love it it's a great version we talked about a little bit uh, on other episodes but like rap and hip-hop has a history of and, and other styles of music, too, of blatant misogyny. Mm-hmm. And so to have this 
sort of flipped on its side a little bit. Yeah. Him being annoyed with her doing the same thing. There's a cool twist on it. But it's neat because it's not this like female artist country song yeah. where it's like, I'm going to burn down everything and I'm going to get you back and I'm going to cheat with whoever I want. Yeah. You know, it's a fact that she's singing about, but she's really singing about herself. Yeah. And in all of these songs, oh, except yeah. for, I think the last one or two, mm-hmm. it's from first person and she's singing about kind of her own self the autobiographical nature of these songs Mm -hmm. didn't people see signs there's so much darkness and self-loathing and anxiety and couched around this gorgeous voice and these great rhythms and these beats and Mm -hmm. catchy you know songs clearly you know people knew what she was going through well they tried to make they tried to help him and she said no yeah we have the ability, if you want to call it that, of looking back in hindsight and hearing these lyrics and reading the lyrics and thinking about how tragic it is now. I watched part of a documentary. I didn't finish it, but part of the documentary that came out in 2015 called Amy. I read some interviews and, you know, there are some people who feel like there's a complicity. Mm-hmm. The listener is not complicit because no. she put out the album, but there is a sense of we as a society celebrated and reveled in her mm-hmm. pain and that's kind of what took her further down that path. Her um, manager even said at this point she had become known through her first album, Frank. Mm-hmm. But then it's this album that launched her into the stratosphere. Mm-hmm. And he said if she hadn't made this album and instead gone and sought help, she might still be with us today. Yeah. It wasn't just her addictions, but it was the fame, mm-hmm. the access. Nobody's telling you no. Yeah. And then trying to, instead of deal with your pain, you put it out there, you sing about it, and then that's celebrated. Like, yeah. where, where do you go from there? Well, I mean, there are you know, YouTube videos of, of her performing mm-hmm. drunk out of her mind. Yeah. I don't, I don't get the feeling that they're out there as, like, cautionary tales. They're almost more out there, like, either, God, look how drunk she is. This is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Or this is, let's, cel- let's celebrate, you know, who she was, you know, pay respect to, to how she crafted her 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 art. It reminds me a little bit of Frightened Rabbit. Scott Hutchinson had a history of depression and his music was such that he spoke of this sadness and this depression in such a personal way. It helped give voice to how you're feeling when you're sad. Mm -hmm. But it was clear from there that he had serious depression and he ended up taking his life. Mm. And it wasn't unseen. His band and his family and everyone, you know, were really caring for him. And when he disappeared... They went out online and just, hey, has anybody seen Scott? Mm. You know, we're worried about him. Yeah. What do you do when someone is singing about this and it seems so personal? Yeah. I mean, it's not our responsibility as a listener, but right. for the family, it's like you're writing songs and you're becoming famous and I'm watching you mm-hmm. go down this path. It seems a little bit helpless. Have you heard the uh, Arctic Monkeys version of this? No. When you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. To me, it sounds like right in their, their lane. Time I'm out the door, you tear me down like rock. 
I love when covers make sense. Right. When a band does it, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that, you can hear it before you even hear it. Mm-hmm. What else with Amy? Should we go to the next song? Sure. All right. Next song we're going to cover is the title track of the album, Back to Black. There's so much to talk about with this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got that old girl group sound. Yep. What's that song that doom, 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 doom? Oh yeah. Uh, they know. They know. Yeah, they know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's got well, that feel it's got that one, yeah. to it, but it's so dark. It's so dark. I mean, and on this song and on you know, multiple songs on this album, you know, it, it's autobiographical it's mm-hmm. her dealing with dark things but also standing up for herself being strong in it but then there's also this is not a 1960s girl group song there is a sense of those soul songs and the r&b songs and even those girl group songs mm-hmm. often sang about loss they did someone dying mm-hmm. or someone leaving you mm-hmm. her angle is just a more modern take on it it's more modern in the mm-hmm. language mm-hmm. talking about bars and Tangeray and all that. But those songs often felt like stories that they were telling Mm -hmm. back in the day. Yeah. She's a Mm singer-songwriter, almost like a poet, talking about herself and her own experience. I don't feel like she invites us into the room in order to talk smack about somebody. Right. It's almost like she's writing in her journal Mm -hmm. and we get to hear it. And the difference between like her writing in her journal and... Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. and let me just preface this by saying, I can't wait to cover Taylor Swift because I really like her yeah. and I have a lot of positive things to say. Yeah. But Taylor Swift and a lot of artists like her, you get a feeling that you're reading their diary, but they knew you were going to read their diary. Yeah. She's in pain mm-hmm. and she's not afraid to be in pain. She's writing from pain yeah. and she's not writing about pain. She's yeah. writing from that place of pain. And not a lot of artists do that, especially to win a Grammy. Yeah, and she she uses words and and terms and slang that common everyday folks would would understand. Mm-hmm. People speculate that when she says "back to black," 
that it's depression or mm-hmm. drugs or whatever. There, there were some people who said heroin, okay, you know, which seems to fit with the how people describe heroin. Mm. And so again, that that's a personal thing. She's not trying to write a song that people connect to. Yeah, I mean, she's saying this mm-hmm. is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you how it's going to be. And then there's this great part in the song that kind of breaks down, and you wonder if it feel and it slows down. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know. I don't. We've listened to the song for a week, and I haven't read anything like this. But you wonder if, as she talked about the song with the producers, that if it's like uh, it needs to slow down because that's what it feels like when you put the needle in or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's executed so well. This is the part when it slows down. Almost sounds like a heartbeat too. Yeah, like a slower that's right. heartbeat. his bells yeah it's funny you mentioned those bells because those bells were made famous by songs by like the Ronettes mm-hmm. they're most famously depicted as wedding bells mm-hmm. and here when they're played slowly it's almost like funeral bells it's like one thing she is an incredible songwriter uh, and I think that's part of the mixture that makes her so fascinating and draw people in so much as that she has this incredible voice. She does not seem interested in being a diva with the voice. Right. And by that, I mean using it in such a way to show off range and skill and style. Mm-hmm. She even messes with it a little bit where her phrasing is off. Like, mm-hmm. not off. It's just different. Some people have compared to, like, taking some things from Lauren Hill, how mm-hmm. she says things. So she's got this way that's not pure mm-hmm. in the vein of jazz singing. You know, she's got these modern hip-hop producers and, and pop producers, and they're coming together and, and bringing in the old sounds, but still they're having a beat that Ghostface Killer can come rap yep. on. Mm-hmm. And then she's got this combination of, like, poetic rawness. She is taking the best parts of each one. Mm-hmm. There is a definite nod from artists, female artists, back to mm-hmm. Amy Winehouse. I don't think this is a surprise to anyone, but you don't get Adele (laughs) without Amy Winehouse. And I'm Mm -hmm. not saying Adele. I actually prefer Adele. Mm -hmm. I like her voice better. I think she's incredible. But that sort of introduction of style Mm -hmm. really opened up the door for people like her and Duffy and others. It's similar to if you'd never heard the Avid Brothers and you'd heard Mumford and Sons. That's Mm -hmm. how I felt going back to... Amy Winehouse. We've heard a lot of Adele. And then going back to Amy Winehouse, you're like, oh, oh. I've kind of heard this yeah, a little it is. bit. And you realize once you get into it that there are differences. But yeah. at first, it felt like the pre-Adele. Mm-hmm. Once you get into the things we talk about with just the more jazzy approach and the darkness of the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Like, again, Adele sings about breakups. It's like her journal's redacted. Yes. Amy Winehouse is like, here it is. I didn't scribble out anything. Yeah. I didn't pull, rip out any pages. There's probably some smudges where I was crying. There might even be some spilled whiskey on some pages that's right just have at it that's a great way to put it next song was another single that she released tears dry on their own all i can ever be to you is the darkness that we know and this regret i got accustomed to once it was the ride when we were at our high waiting for you in the hotel at night I knew I had him at my match, but every moment we get snatched, I don't know why I got so attached. It's my responsibility, and you don't own nothing to me, but to walk away, I have no capacity. He walks away, the sun goes down, he takes the day, but I'm grown, and in your way, in this blue shade, my 
I love the juxtaposition of using Ain't No Mountain High Enough, mm-hmm. this great duet. Nothing can keep our love right. apart. And then it's just her singing by herself about tears drying. Which I take to mean no one's wiping away my tears. Right. You're not here to wipe away my tears. Mm-hmm. No one is. I'm all alone. I should just be my own best friend. Mm-hmm. But even there's a sense of I'm also not bothering to wipe away my tears. Yeah. She recognizes kind of her her dilemma of putting herself in these situations. She's not oblivious to it. Right. She's not going around, at least from my perspective from these songs, doesn't seem like she's going around pretending that the guy she was with wasn't cheating. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just recognizing the darkness of it and the predicament of I can't quit this stupid guy. Yeah. Even when she says, even if I stopped wanting you and perspective pushes through, she knows her perspective is off, but she Mm -hmm. says, even if that happened and I gained proper perspective and I walked away and I did the right thing, I'll be some next man's other woman soon. Wow. But that's the thing is that she's singing from a vulnerable place, but not from a place of weakness. Right. Mm -hmm. When I've heard different women talk about her, it's like there's an ownership of herself and her actions and her art. Even the fact that this album exists, that she was able to do things in a way that was off-putting, sure. but be to be released by the record company, to be put out there, and to win all these Grammys and make it huge. Everything about her does not seem like she was out there playing the game. Mm-hmm. And I think that attracts people. I mean, and she's, she's not the first young superstar to... to burn bright and fast and burn out and uh, have this tragic story happen the way it did, which again makes it even more tragic because there's blueprint after blueprint of people who have gone the same way. To not be able to take that pain, take that heartache and genuine rawness and be able to continue to channel it into her art, but freaking keep her alive and healthy to do more of it. I mean, that's what's so tragic about it it seems in some ways unavoidable. I feel the same way about Frightened Rabbit. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite bands, and you don't get all that you get if it doesn't come from Scott and if he doesn't suffer. You know what? If Mm -hmm. he was still alive, I'd say there was never a Frightened Rabbit and he could still be alive. Absolutely. And I think people would say the same thing. If we never got to hear Amy Winehouse, but she got to stay alive, great. That's how we we would prefer it. But Mm -hmm. it's like, can she go to that place without being so tragic herself. I was never part of a scene where I was the leader of a bunch of Jewish girls that sung jazz, you know what I mean? They, I don't know anyone like myself, you know what I mean? So, But I know that if I am honest about myself and honest about my time and what I do with my life, you know, I know, I know there's girls that will hear that in my album and be like, yeah, I felt that. I'm not an idiot for feeling them things or... I'm not weak for feeling them things or I'm not a mug for feeling them things about this man. You know what I mean? That's what I'm here for. Okay, so listeners, one thing we do is challenge one another. If you had to remove a song from an album, which one would it be? So, Matt, Amy Winehouse is going to tear you down like Roger Moore before you're even out the door. That hurts. Yeah. If you don't remove a song from Back to Black. So if you had to, Mm. which song would it be? The song I would remove from this album would be Wake Up Alone. It's a beautiful song, another great throwback song on mm-hmm. this album. Mm-hmm. But I think she does that better on other songs on okay. that album. What about you? 
If I had to, I would take off some unholy. Same reason. Mm -hmm. It's on the back half of the album. I could have taken off Wake Up Alone for a similar reason. Mm -hmm. It sounds a little less inspired than some of the other songs that she did. So not a easily removable track on the album, though. I have no problem. And it's a full album. Mm -hmm. You've got hits off of it, but it's an incredible album. I don't know how much I'll listen to this going forward, Mm -hmm. but I'm fascinated by her Mm -hmm. as an artist. She is not looking for validation from anyone. She's not seeking our approval for her situation. Mm -hmm. She's not there for our platitudes. She is just in the place she's in. She's who she is. And she puts it out there. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's got a killer voice, great producers, and she's an incredible songwriter. Had an eye and an ear for great songs, great storytelling. Mm -hmm. I took a a creative writing course in college and our teacher was this great writer by the name of Tim McLaurin. And he had had a rough life. I mean, he had grew up poor, was a great athlete, but couldn't really afford to go to college, joins the Marines, becomes a carny. He's a snake handler. Wow. Has cancer and, and he wrote these incredible books. And I remember him saying, you know, you write what you know. You, mm-hmm. you write your life. And I remember thinking, like, no one's going to be interested in, like, this suburban white kid. You know, I hear his words, listen to this album of, like, Amy Winehouse was writing what she knew. Remember to engage with us on social media at Finest Work Songs on Twitter and Instagram or on Facebook. And uh, again, please email us, finestworksongs at gmail.com. And who knows, maybe we'll read your email on another installment of Kenny Gmail. Yeah, we're having a great time in season four. We hope you are too. And we've got another incredible album coming up. But until next time, we hope you just stay safe. Stay safe out there, guys. Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music.